Hello and welcome everyone to this episode of the Framework Podcast. I'm one of your two co-hosts here. Anna's joining me again as usual. Hey, Anna. Hey, Dean. It's good to see you. Good to see you too here in Vegas. And we're back in person. Yes, thank goodness. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, today we're going to be joined by somebody I've gotten to spend some time with over the last year now, uh, Dave Francis, CEO of Health Pilot, uh, somebody that we've engaged with with Carson, have been testing out, and uh, some of our advisors using it. And I, I always like to start off with this, right? I, I used it last August for my mom too. I remember, right? We walked through it, and uh, so it's kind of it's been it's been tested on family, which is a, a good starting point. That's but, a big win if you're if you're still in the family after using it. That's, yeah. that's, that's a huge <laughs> vote of confidence. And then like the the the, the pilot of health pilot mode, right? I was a, a user, but thanks for being out here with us. No, thanks for having us in. Appreciate it. And uh, we always start off the show with a little conversation just about food and something you love, what speaks to you, what your favorite food item is, what comes to mind immediately. Yeah. You know, uh, being out here in Vegas, Jamie, um, I'm I'm a huge kind of Asian food, whether it's sushi or Chinese or, or what have you, and um, always make a make a point to get to Tao. So we've got some folks going over to Tao tonight. But uh, it's funny one one of my favorite Chinese restaurants was in New York City. It was Midtown, a place called Chin Chin. That it's it's not there anymore, but um, just just terrific Peking duck duck and everything else. And um, it was the kind of place that I when I was trying to impress my wife uh, when we were still in dating <laughs> mode, I. I, I took her there after having gone to a bunch of functions and what have you, um, and having seen Derek Jeter there entertaining his his group of of folks and what have you. Um, I, I ended up getting getting really excited and ordering literally half the menu. <laughs> and right in front of my wife, the the waiter looks at me and says, "Sir, that that's a, a tremendous amount of food. What are you going to do with?" It? And I, of course, didn't back down. And we ended up feeding half of half of Midtown's homeless that night with with way too much Chinese food. But uh, yeah, I can go overboard. It's it's great stuff. Have you tried China Poblano here in the Cosmo? I have. Um, it's it's pretty good. Some of the, the dumplings and stuff are, are pretty good. It's it's worth hitting. Yeah, it's really it's like Mexican Asian fusion. It was yeah. really, really delicious. We went there last night. But... At every restaurant in the Cosmopolitan is terrific. And that one's that one's really good, too. Yeah. yeah. They have Hattie B's. I mostly lived off of Hattie B's last year here. Like, it's the only thing I ate. I did lose about seven pounds through Excel last year. So Hattie B's. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, so we're based in Nashville and Hattie B's is right around the corner. Uh, so it's it's not as special for, for me here. But um, yeah, it's a great place to, to go. I sweat all the time. So I put one one bite of Hattie B's <laughs> in my mouth and I've got to go take a shower and get changed. So it's yeah. it's great stuff. But I got to watch out. Yeah. See, if I lived right next door to it, I would eat there every day. It'd just yeah. be I'd be a regular and they'd be like, hey, Jamie, the normal. Yeah. Double it, though. Right. (laughs) Probably send you home. Like, you know what, sir? You should. (laughs) You've you've had enough. enough. (laughs) Extra trip to the gym after that. I I ate Morimoto when I got here at sushi. And uh, I've been to a couple of his restaurants and they're fantastic. So you mentioned fusion a little bit too and so we'll try to fuse these two comments together which we then like to ask about like your first money memory um, and do you have one that immediately pops out into your mind um yeah that's a great question so i um i grew up upstate new york rochester um a, a place that that snows all the time it's gray and cold and the summers are short uh, and I promised myself I would never go back again. And of course, my my youngest son uh, just graduated high school, and he's up there playing football. Um, so 
be careful what you what you say you're never going to do again. Um, but I, when I was 12, 13 years old, my first job was was shoveling the the sidewalks at our at our church that was about a half mile up the road. Um, and because it snowed every day, I had to get up at four o'clock every morning before school and walk up to church and shovel the walks and 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 get back in time to catch the bus. Um, but it was kind of that that first part of of hey, this is what you do to to earn money and 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 kind of put yourself in a position to succeed and um it's it, it kind of something that from a work ethic perspective that my folks did a great job of instilling in me that's i was gonna say waking up at four in the morning as a kid to do that what lessons did you learn from that that you've transferred into your life now don't take a job like that ever again <laughs> motivated you <laughs> yeah um it, it's you know i it's it's the kind of thing where where I was asked and it was something that needed to get done and I knew nobody else was really going to do it and it, it just it it I, I was happy for the opportunity so um, right, rather than than just say yeah no I'd I'd rather sleep until six or whatever it was just uh, okay you're going to pay me that's great and I'm grateful for the opportunity and it's it, it's stuck with me. So you got that paycheck. What was the first thing you remember buying or your first big purchase? Oh my god. Um, I wish it was something cool. I, I never owned a car because I went to, I never had a car in high school mm-hmm. and then went straight to New York from college. So I, I never bought a car until I was 30. So I, man, I can't even remember the first really cool thing that I bought until mm-hmm. a car for what it's worth. Okay. You, you don't have anything, you know, like you, you wanted a sweet jacket with a pocket square at it, right? It, it, I never wanted anything like that. <laughs> Listen, my wife dresses me. I, I, I mean, if I'd be here in, in a cool t-shirt and jeans, if it weren't for, for her. So hmm. is that a dig? <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't a dig. I do have a cool car now for what it's okay. worth. So my, my wife said, go and get, get something, get something neat. So what do you drive now? It's a Mercedes. Um, what is it? It's a little race car, uh, GTR. It, it goes way too fast. I don't know enough about it. Everybody looks at me and thinks I'm a car guy. And I'm like, I, I don't know. It's, it looks cool and it goes fast. Um, but it's fun. And so far I haven't gotten in any trouble yet. So, so how, what have you topped it out at? <laughs> unofficial really are we, are we are we still rolling um i've had it up to 155 it scared the hell out of me and i know that i mean i think the engine was laughing at me while i was doing it saying is that all you got come on i am not a car person really at all i don't think on it yeah really you know, i like to look at like classic cars at car shows uh-huh. i don't know anything about them they're just pretty <laughs> Yeah, I've only been I've been to one car show, like the the one that came the the auto show that travels each year, like the big yeah, one yeah. That comes to Philadelphia too. And I went one year, and like that was pretty cool, just because they also bring all the stuff that's coming and some of the show cars and some of the old race ones that used to win, mm-hmm. like the you know, and some of them you look at them they're like, I remember looking at one, and I think it was like a a Subaru or something, and it won for like six years, and then I just remember being like, that car looks like trash, like I like. <laughs> That's the people like that car and it had won these races for like six years of time. The girl I was dating that was like super into cars and uh, she was like telling me all about it. And I'm like, I, it looks like trash. (laughs) (laughs) 
how fast it is. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I'm the same way, though. I mean, it's, it's, I, and I, I, I play golf the same way. I have a horrible game, but if I've got some decent clothes to wear and I can keep from, from looking like a, a complete idiot on the golf course, then, then it's a big win. But um, kind of having the, the time and patience to really get into it, whether it's cars or golf or, or whatever, it's, um, if, if it looks good and, and, and kind of fits the bill, then, then I'm in there with you. That's how I'm with tennis. I just like to look nice. <laughs> I'm not the best, but outfits are fun. <laughs> It's the same for me. I love the skirts. I wear them. They, they, they're very airy and like they just feel fast in them, right? Like it's yeah, yeah. Well, you keep in great shape, so I'm sure you look good. Yeah, it's uh, you know, I'm I'm sad about tennis and Serena being done. I did yeah. watch that, so you know, it, it's not really a big part of the show. But if Serena ends up watching the episode, we'd love to have you on, and we're love happy to, to talk about it. So. Please. Well, you got the interview, Andre Agassi, which ties to tennis and I Vegas. I did. Really? I used to work in like the outdoor and fitness industry. And it was actually here in Las Vegas. Um, him and uh, Gil Reyes, who was his trainer, they mm-hmm. they have a whole built by Agassi Andreas fitness equipment line. Yeah. And they were launching it. And so I got to go. I met him. I interviewed him for one of the articles I was working on. And then, in, well, I just chatted with his wife because I'm more of a... I'm more of a Steffi Graf fan than Andre Agassi fan. So I was like <laughs> super starstruck. So it was, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> They're neat. He's he had to have been something. He seemed very overwhelmed that night. Like so, really? I I don't know. I didn't get the best vibe, but just because he he just seemed like every so many journalists were interviewing him, a lot was happening, and I just think he was ready to be done with the but night. He's, he's got an interesting yeah. story. I I've mm-hmm. always been impressed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Dave, let's let's go into your story a little bit, but I do want to just we'll start with this, and hopefully some other lessons come from it too. But tell us a little bit about Health Pilot and how you got to, you know, running and starting up this company. Part of being a great fiduciary is helping your clients understand their full financial picture, and it should be no different for your life. Do you know what your business is worth? Get your firm valuation today with our free valuation calculator. Whether you're looking to share equity with your team, buy another firm, prepare for an exit, or just simply want to see the market value of your business, visit carsongroup.com slash valuation to get started. Yeah, uh, thanks for asking. It's um, It's been a, a bit of a journey. I'm uh, I'm a recovering investment banker um, and, you know, spent the, the first two decades of my life in, in healthcare, healthcare technology, uh, working with a lot of really neat and great companies that were focused on how do you, how do you bring data together with consumers in healthcare to make their lives better and make their experience better. Um, and finally got the opportunity to get a real job uh, about six or seven years ago, turning around a company out West um, that was a, a public company that was in the online health insurance business. And we, we were able over a short period of time, I went in as CFO and very quickly became COO to, um, to turn the business around. And we had a lot of success moving that business into the the Medicare space and and Medicare is one of those markets that it's it's a it's a it, it's the ultimate consumer health insurance market in that people aren't relying on their employers to to provide their health insurance for them um, they're really on their own and as a result at at the market's whim relative to kind of how they are served and and unfortunately poorly served these days um, and and we we 
created a great business and the stock did great. It went from 10 to 150 while I was there. And we, we were, we were really proud of what we built. But what, be, what was apparent to me was that this demographic that is in desperate need of help at, at the most vulnerable and, and healthcare needy part of their lives, um, was, was being sold rather than served and not really getting the benefits of any of the improvements in information technology or data or analytics in a way that that other markets and other consumer segments had over time, but either inside of healthcare or outside. And we, we saw the opportunity to, to move what was a very person-centric, telephonic-centric, sales-oriented business into a service-oriented, data-driven e-commerce marketplace that that this demographic is is now ready for, and and we all we, we all see with our parents and grandparents how they're they're all on Facebook looking at the talking with the grandkids, and they're very facile with their their cell phones to to text, and and with COVID now they've been forced to do financial services, and I'm sure a lot of your advisors are are seeing their retiree clients using more and more uh, digital self service tools. So the 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 time in the market was there, and the the need. Was, was desperate in nature relative to how can we take these 65 million folks today going to 75 million in seven years and help them in a way that they have never been helped before and, and create a life-changing experience relative to how, how do I access healthcare, which right next to financial um, financial wellness is th- th- those are the two big things that as you go into retirement am, am I okay do I have enough money to retire am I set up right from a healthcare perspective mm-hmm. typically the financial advisors can take care of number one and nobody has any idea how to take care of number two and we formed health pilot to, to solve number two for everybody well, Jamie, earlier in the pre-show, you're talking about how you used it for your mm-hmm. mom. So t- tell me uh, about how you guys connected with that and how that process went for you for our listeners. Well, I, I get to blame Sean Lawler like consistently <laughs> on this show. And uh, so it's Sean like that, gets a lot of blame. For yeah, it's things. like the third time I've gotten to make fun of Sean <laughs> on the show. And uh, so Sean's one of my neighbors. He's a good friend of mine. And he works at InvestNet and he, hands, he handles a lot of the strategic partnerships. So he did the un- introduction between Dave and I. And then we, we ended up getting lunch not too long ago, too. Um, and, you know, it's kind of one of those things. And Ron Carson, our CEO and founder, talks about it too. Like he's like, I never add stuff to the Carson ecosystem unless I would use it for me and my own family. And I don't want advisors that I wouldn't trust my own family's wealth to if I was gone. And so I, you know, I don't think that, you know, I guess you learn everything from somebody. And I think I've learned part of that from Ron, which is, you know, if I'm going to say, hey, let's bring something into the financial planning side of our ecosystem, like, I've got to sit around and say, hey, look, like I will use this for my family. And so it just happened to be that my mom was hitting 65 and going on Medicare. So I was like, you know, I'll run through it and see, you know, how it projects to other things. And, uh, you know, she she likes my help with those things. So that's kind of how I went through it and like got to go through the whole experience of what it looks like. And, you know, going back and forth with the team there has actually been really wonderful. And I was telling somebody that yesterday. So this is a kudos to you and your team. I was like, it's one, been one of the better teams to work with from a, like communication back and forth and, Hey, let's see if we've thought about this, want to try this and been very flexible to work with over the first year. Uh, and so it's been yeah really wonderful, but that's how we got together. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate that. And, and we, we have 
built the business to be we, – we, we've taken a lot of, of learnings from Amazon and, and the, the way that they built their business early days. And, and if, you, if you look at our, our mission statement that's plastered on our wall, it's, it's you know, we, we are here to make healthcare um, easy, efficient, and effective for every consumer. And the, the consumer is at the, the middle of everything we do. Customer first always is our T-shirt. And um, so if, if you think about uh, the, the customer being, whether it's Mrs. Smith, the retiree who is, who is looking to get her Medicare insurance, whether she's aging in or is already uh, retired and, and in Medicare, um, whether it's her son or daughter like Jamie who, um, who, who, is, who is helping, and I help my folks with this, and they went on and they said, geez, this is awesome. Um, or the financial advisor and, and through InvestNet, who is uh, one of our, our lead strategic partners and investor in the business, um, who has been helpful, very helpful in getting us introduced to Carson and folks like LPL and MassMutual and UBS and a, a host of other financial advisory firms where, where we, we can solve the Medicare problem for financial advisors and their clients in a way that they've never been able to do it in a in a way that is just dropped it easy and confidence inspiring. Um, it's, it, it, it's in the DNA of what we do. We know that if, if we don't make this super easy and confidence inspiring for every one of those customers, Mrs. Smith, Mrs. Smith's son or daughter, the financial advisor or, or whoever the stakeholder is, we don't have a reason for being, this is already a difficult enough process. So we need to make it simple and confidence inspiring for, for everybody. So I, again, Jamie, I, we appreciate you you bringing your mom into the platform and into the family and uh, look forward to serving her for the rest of her life. Well, you've talked about two companies now that you've had a big impact on, right? One is uh, kind of coming in as a turnaround CFO and then, you know, launching Health Pilot. And I just want to get this question early in this one, which is, you know, what is the thing that you think you've focused on in your career that's, you know, been that framework of success for you? That's a great question. C- coming from the investment banking and and equity analyst side of things, there's there, there's a a tendency to take things to the lowest common denominator, and that typically is an Excel spreadsheet, and it's the the front page summary work page where all all of your assumptions and all the numbers are right there, and it's a there it is, and and so the the tendency of of folks in business is to to drive things down to that two-dimensional numerical model, which which is important and and is kind of the the north star by which you run a business, but to to lose the connection between the numbers and how those numbers get created and generated and the who behind how those numbers come together, and. Uh, th- that that became painfully apparent to me within a week of of landing at the place that we ended up turning around back in the the mid twenty teens, um, be- because it was it was a place with a culture that was just just very um, I, bad is the best best word. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> like try to look for a nice word. Yeah, and it, it, was, it was bad. <laughs> it, was, it was bad. Bad is best. Um, there was no accountability. There was no camaraderie. There, there was no team in it, um, and and no one was being held accountable to a a set of numbers and in a way that was team oriented and goal oriented. And how are we going to build value rather than how am I going to take care of mine? So, as as we formed Health Pilot and turned around our our previous firm. Um, 
the the focus on people is just massive and and being able to to connect with people understand people understand what they're good at uh understand what i'm good at and not good at where i need help and and being being humble enough to just say i i can't do this alone i don't have all the good ideas i there are there are a very few things that i am good at um but there's a lot that i'm not and and finding the right people that come together with the right chemistry and and the right mindset around what we're trying to build and achieve is i i there's nothing more important um you you have to have a good idea and a, a good business model but without the people um it's it's doomed for failure from my perspective. So Dave, you brought up a lot of good points there. And a lot of our listeners are people who do own their own firms and are building, trying actively build a good culture. What is your advice to them to find those people that, you know, work well together and and build that culture that could lead to success? We've had the opportunity to work with a lot of of great people um, at the the enterprise level at at Carson, but also all the way down to the to the advisor level and and advisor support level as well, and all the way in between. And and you're right, everybody has ownership of of people responsibility wherever you are in an organization. I don't have all the answers, but what what I have learned is, uh, and I'm still improving every day because I can be horrible at it. Just ask my wife. Um, is is listening and and communicating effectively? Um, I I I learn so much more by asking thoughtful questions and engaging and and being present with someone and and listening to what they have to say um, and then being able to use those answers to probe a little bit deeper and sometimes that's for me to learn sometimes that's for me to help that person get to a a better answer or a a, a different way of thinking about things but it's it, it's it's all about how how do you engage with that that person in a a present thoughtful manner that that brings the best out of both of you as as you're talking with them again i i don't do it well sometimes we hire bad people sometimes hopefully not terribly often but um and not bad people just bad people for the role that fits um but it's 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 critical to building a great business no matter no matter what you're doing how big or small it is this is a really good point i mean to as we're kicking off excel here kind of in person because we have so many interactions in a day, uh, especially when you're at a conference, and it can become very easy not to really be paying attention to people listening, right, being active in the conversations, because I'll find myself at some point today being like, standing there with three people being like, I don't really want to be in this conversation. Around, <laughs> who else can I talk to? What's like, my ex- yeah. nice escape route? Yeah. yeah. Well, like, so that, so that's one thing. Like, you know, and it's, it, that's no shot to anybody. And I'm, I've become awful at that. Like, I'm on my phone all the time. Like, you watch podcasts and they'll be like, in the middle of the interview and Anna's like, what are you doing, Jamie? And I'm like, I'm, now, I'm on my phone, okay? It's, Get off Facebook. <laughs> I don't use Facebook. Twitter, by the way. Not, Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever they're called. The Facebook. <laughs> but uh, the other thing is, like, you can ask so much better questions. And I, it's a good lesson for me get going into this week because a lot of times you you do the things like, hey, how are you? And how's your trip? But you can ask much more engaging questions than that, right? It's like, well, what's the most, you know, the thing that you're most excited for this week? That's very similar to how are you, right? But you're going to get a much better question and answer out of that in response than like, hey, how are you? Yeah, everything's fine. Anything new? No, no, nothing. 
nothing really new. I mean, like, and then you really think about it. And you're like, yeah, like, like I lost like a family member, bought a house. I've been sick. Like I have a new job. But no, everything's about the same. <laughs> I, I can't remember who your guest was, but one of your, your recent podcasts, um, you, you guys were, were talking about this and in, in the con- uh, context of family. And, you know, it's we, we can get as, as business leaders, we, we can get so wrapped up in, in what's going on in the business and you take it home with you and the, the kids are there needing you. And even if they're not needing you, they're, they're needing you to be present and, and to, to ask them some of those mm-hmm. questions and that sort of thing. And that, that, that translates, whether it's your, 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 your spouse and kids or your, your administrative assistant or your senior vice president of sales. If, if you're not there, if I'm not there to interact with them in a way that is, that is adding value and, and just kind of getting by, I, I'm not doing anybody any favors. And, and candidly, I'm, I'm wasting mine and everybody else's time. So it's, it's important. And, and again, I, I fall down a lot and, and can always do better. I think one of the points there too is that when you ask engaging questions to people it or when people ask me engaging questions I, anecdotally I I feel special like they you know t- really care about me and I think that's really critical especially in our industry like making clients and people feel like they like you genuinely care and you, and you likely do but like when people feel that they're more apt to do business with you or to have a connection with you. And you, you never know when that connection is going to pay off for mm-hmm. you. And um, it, it's and, and it, it may pay off in your the opportunity for you to do for someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just it's it, it is making that connection that's important. And and if I can make an ugly segue into kind of how that works relative to our business, we, we built Health Pilot to to while it is an online experience. Um, to to ask those questions of people to make sure that again as 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 retirees are entering this this the, the most important part of their lives this is their opportunity to live their best lives um, to to do so in a way where they don't have to ever worry about health care again and to to know that their health care is covered that it's paid for that a a catastrophic event isn't going to blow a hole in their financial plan. And so they don't have to worry about the, the, the financial aspect of retirement um, where they have had to worry about it before. Now they don't have to worry about the healthcare side of retirement. And now it's go play golf, travel the world, go visit the grandkids, go, go hike the Himalayas, whatever it is that you want to do. Go live your best life because Health Pilot has got you covered. We've we've asked the right questions. We we understand on a very individualized basis what your needs are, and using the our, our proprietary technology that's that's made this really easy for folks. We we find them the best plan for them given their health and economic circumstances, whether it's a Medicare Advantage plan, a Medicare Sub plan, and a and a Part D plan, wh- wh- whatever it is that they need. We we find it for them. Describe to them why this is the best plan for you in a very easy to understand manner and allow them to enroll online without ever having to be sold by anybody ever again, and then stay connected with them so that as their life needs change and their health needs change over time, we we are able to adjust their coverage using our technology to to make sure that, again, they, they never have to worry about this stuff again and go, live, be. One of the things you just mentioned there is kind of making all of this simple for the consumer and that experience, right? I I think we're entering this world of like convenience first kind of for a lot of things, right? Not everything, but for a lot of things, we will choose convenience over maybe a slightly better 
product, right? If it's easy and it's on my phone and, and price shopping, definitely for me, like convenience wins out, right? Like the Marriott app is super easy and I do not look at other hotels in the area and I'm going to stay at Marriott and they treat me well and they've made it as convenient to book a Marriott as humanly possible and cancel it, right? Like I can just go back on the phone and be like, I'm not going to make it there tonight, like not going and they're fine with it. And so they've, they've really brought me in. I would say that that does not feel like the case for most consumers if you ask them about the healthcare space. That convenience <laughs> has not been put first and foremost in front of things, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so you you are now being judged, though, in this world by our experiences everywhere, right? Like it used to be that, you know, well, you know, that's what all doctors are like. Oh, well, that's what all insurance is like. And we're now having this world where it's like people expect that highest level of convenience they're getting from Amazon. And so how do you get there in a, I don't know what you guys would refer to, you guys that FinHealth Tech is like, what's the, but you know, like how do you get there in that space? Because there's going to be stuff outside of your control, right? The fact that, you know, there's probably still too many variations of like MedSup, right? Like it, people use two and we still have more, right? Um, Like if you really boil it down, like they could go to two. Yeah. <laughs> well, so the healthcare and Medicare in particular is a local business, but yeah. it's sold by national and regional mm-hmm. players with big products. And I, w- there are a few analogies um, that, that I use, but, but what we do is if, if you think about there, there's cars.com, I think had a commercial where somebody get, gets on the computer and says, I want to buy a car. And down this pipe comes 60,000 cars and what have you. I, I want a red one. I want a four wheel drive one. I want a convertible. I want one that I can, whatever. And then by the time they put in all of their different attributes, it's boom, here's your car for you. That's what we do for, for Medicare. And the, the, the problem though is Jamie, and I, I think you, you hit it on the head. Um, there's, there are so many, different kinds of, pro- well, there's really only three kinds of products, yeah. Medicare Advantage, <laughs> Medicare Supplement, and Part D. And I'm not going to bore you with all of the ins and outs of that stuff. Um, what I will tell you, though, is that on those three products, there's there's just on the Medicare Advantage side alone, we've gone from 3,000 plans to 6,000 plans in the last seven years across the country. Mm-hmm. It is impossible for an, an individual Medicare consumer to figure out on their own, unless they have a PhD in insurance and then they've got a coin flip shot uh, at figuring out what is best for them. You couple that with the fact that the the marketplace that has been built to sell people, supposedly help, but really sell people these products, um, is is confusing and opaque to say say the best. Um, and and there, there's no single source of truth that a, a consumer can go to and rely on. Medicare.gov, which is the government's website, is a horror show to navigate. And the the tools that they provide to people to, to try and figure out what's best for them, um, more often than not, land people in the wrong plan for them, given their current health and economic circumstances. We, we did a study with CMS to use our algorithm against theirs, and we found that we were seven times more accurate than the government itself the gold standard in getting people into the right plan. You put that together with, because of the sales orientation of it, NPS scores of Medicare shopping, negative 50 for people aging into Medicare. If you've been at it for a couple of years, it improves to negative 15. My root root canal dentist has a better NPS score than a a Medicare salesperson. It's so bad that seven out of 10 people just refuse to go and shop for Medicare once they've got a plan because they just say, this is a horror. 
course, I'd rather go get a root canal. Um, I think the government, I think that the, the federal government might have a higher NPS score than that. <laughs> I, I wouldn't doubt it. it it's the, these guys are at the bottom of the barrel. So we, we are, we're doing everything we can to, to not just improve the experience for folks yeah. using this, this Amazon like experience. Um, but, but to give people the confidence to, to know that, okay, not only do I not have to deal with these, these dirt bags who are trying to jam me on a product, but I actually am in the best product for me and I can go live my life. I don't have to worry about it ever again. And my financial advisor can help me figure this out as well. So walk our listeners through, what does it look like to, um, provide this to their clients or the end user if it's a retiree who's listening and they they're intrigued how do they how do they partake yeah so it's it, again we, we've made it easy for everybody and taken the friction out of the process healthpilot.com is the easiest way and and go there and a an individual consumer or i for my parents jamie for his mom mm-hmm. um can can go and use our tools it's all free um Every every plan that's that's potentially out there, whether it's United Healthcare, Humana, Cigna, Aetna, um, they're they're all available in our digital marketplace, and the tools are are incredibly complex and powerful, and incredibly simple to use. And and if somebody runs into a problem, there we have a, a telephonic service organization. They're not allowed to or capable of selling, so they're just there to provide white glove service to to either say, hey, the buttons at the bottom of this screen, or uh, the, a MedSup plan does this, and a Medicare Advantage plan does this, or this is what a donut hole means. What, whatever it is, they're there to to help. For financial advisors, um, th- this is a big deal because they they are often ask the question, can you help me with this Medicare stuff? Um, what, what we found is that the 2%, we, we, we commissioned a study about a year ago, 2% of seniors um, ask their financial advisor for help with Medicare things because they've just, they've been trained to know that the, the Medicare or the, the financial advisor is scared of dealing with Medicare because it's just such a mess. When asked if they would be willing to, to use a product or a tool that their financial advisor uh, brought to them in to, to solve this problem, 88% said, absolutely. I mean, give me a one-stop shop to bring health and wealth together. And that's what our partners at InvestNet are doing. But what we've, what we've done to build this in a simple way for financial advisors is we, we, we've got a financial advisor portal that, um, that integrates in with uh, Money Guide Pro or Salesforce or Redtail or Wealthbox, whatever CRM the um, the, the advisor might be using um, or the dashboards at an LPL or a mass mutual or, or what have you. And with a simple click of the button, just say, I, I want, I want Jamie, I want Anna, I want Mrs. Smith. And I want, I want Andrea to get this, this email introducing health pilot click here. And that immediately takes them into our experience with their information attached. And it, it takes 10 minutes to run through the process. Importantly for the financial advisor, um, once their their client has enrolled in a plan through Health Pilot, we close the data loop so that wherever in their dashboard their their health spending um, piece of the financial plan lives, we fill that, populate that with your your customer enrolled in this plan and her out of pocket expense for this year is is highly accurately estimated to be $4,732. So you, you you can now rest assured that she's not at risk of blowing a hole in her plan. This is what she's going to spend. Take care of the rest of her financial plan. Healthcare is taken care of. 
Dave, we talked a little bit about financial advisors, and I, sometimes I ask this question on the show, sometimes I don't, but I feel in the mood for it today, so Uh-oh. I'm coming back in, which is, it's not a hard question, it's it's a life question, which is, do you have a financial advisor, and why or why not? I do. Okay. And I, I do in large part because, no, number one, I, I trust him. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, I don't have time to, um, e- even though I've, I've got... The, the, the knowledge, I guess, to to self-help a lot of what I, I do. I do not have the time to do mm-hmm. it well. And, and and I know that Jason, my uh, my advisor, does and does it well. And and I trust him mm-hmm. um, implicitly. And for for that reason, um, we 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 lean hard on him, particularly with two kids off to school mm-hmm. this year and what do we do with the 529s and what are the tax implications yeah. and what are we doing with this? And I got, okay, now we got the trusts. It's just, there's, there's a lot that, um, that, that his expertise is, is invaluable for me. Yeah. I love that. Uh, I'll do one more follow-up to that too. Cause we asked this one, then maybe Anna, you can lead us out. Okay. We've been asking this more and more to people too. And we've got a book with this title and it's our Carson brand now, which is financial freedom. And so what does financial freedom mean to you, Dave? Oh, I've never thought about it in that context. Um, f- for me, it's it's not having to worry that I'm I'm not going to be able to provide for my family. That that w- whatever negative event may may come, that we're going to be okay. So it's you know, and and I've heard you talk on on other podcasts about how how you get to um, how you get to a point of individuals not having to worry about where is the next mortgage payment going to come mm-hmm. from? How am I going to feed my family next week? If, if I lose my job, what then? Um, and, and getting past those, those mind share issues and, and not having those take up rent in, in my head mm-hmm. and freeing up the ability to, to kind of live well, live productively and, and live thoughtfully in a way that, um, I, I don't worry about financial stuff is where, where how I view financial freedom. And, and candidly, that's what we're trying to do with, with our health pilot platform. It's that pe- people have the same issue from a healthcare perspective when they retire. We solve that mm-hmm. mind share issue for them in a way that, that that's never been done before. Financial and health freedom all rolled into one. All rolled into one. <laughs> Well, it's been lovely chatting with you, Dave. And we always like to ask folks, um, what's the legacy you want to leave either on the world or your industry? Yeah, I, I so it, there's two. Um, we, we've, we've got four kids. Uh, we love them. We're proud of them. And we want them to go out and do well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and doing well is there's a lot in that, but we want them to do well. Um, and we, we believe that with health pilot and the, the the team and I are just we're we're insane about our commitment to it. We we believe that we have built a platform that can change the lives of 65 million people. There's not a single retiree in the marketplace who would not get tremendous value from what we have built for them. It, it is transformational and and we believe that that we are going to change people's lives and and change the healthcare market in a way that it's it's never been done before and we're uh, we, we won't be satisfied until every single one of those folks is is on the platform and using it and getting the benefits. So we're we're excited for that. 
that's a pretty, you know, pretty weak legacy. I just want to change the lives of 65 million people, but, but you know, that's all right. 75 million, right? So, well, it's going to be 75. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, now it's better. I feel good with the legacy now. And then four additional ones. So 75 million and four. And four. <laughs> Well, Dave and Anna, this has been fantastic, wonderful conversation here today. Uh, what best places? I think you already said to reach out to you guys, but healthpilot.com, anywhere else that you engage with people, LinkedIn or otherwise. Uh, we'll, we'll be on LinkedIn. Healthpilot.com is best. Um, we will be at the, the the Carson meeting all week this week, and uh, we'll be out at a, a bunch of other conferences and whatnot throughout the, the rest of the year. But um, feel free to, to drop us a line, and we're, we're happy to help any way we can. Well, thank you both so much, and thank you, everybody else, for listening to this week's episode of the Framework Podcast.